1: So, you know, I just want to encourage us, invest in our youth, invest in people, you know, as we grow and get stronger in the Lord, let's take that and not just go home with it, right? Let's take it and impart it in others that can help them. And, uh, you know, I'll speak for Greg here. Like I said, I told him I'm not going to put them, make him do anything and put him under pressure. But there's another level of joy that came in his life during the week at the, the youth camp. And he's got so much joy on the inside of him. And, and we know that uh, God's doing some awesome things. He's got some awesome things for him. It's going to offer him uh, awesome confidence that he has. Also, this leader right here, he still is out praying for people and helping people through a camp as well. And uh, he's a leader among his family and uh, called to God. Amen. But just last thing, so kind of the theme of the camp, it started out at the pot, talking about the potter's wheel and being that clay, always being that clay for the master. You know, and I took that as doesn't matter how old or young you are. Let's continue to be that clay and let God continue to mold us. Then it got into like Kayla was talking about. The most powerful thing was there's and I it kind of opened my eyes to it. It's like wow, okay, this spirit. I'll call it the spirit of Goliath as God showed me the spirit of Goliath, which is in social media comparing each other to things, saying we're, and we're inadequate, we're not good enough. Church, that's actually bigger in the church than we know. The world's coming at us like Goliath and is trying to bully us to saying we can't be who God called us to be. Get that. Y'all, you know, we are comparing ourselves, even us as adults, to things we see, and we feel that we're not good enough. Or we got those coworkers around us that always going to try to talk you down and say you're not adequate enough, you can't do that job, you can't do this. I mean, I dealt with that myself just because... in. in the industry I'm in and the people I'm around, you know, I've been around a lot of high educated people, which is great. I'm all for education. But when you come to making yourself above others and that you're talking down to people, trying to make them feel below you, that's not good. And that's not God. But my takeaway was reminding me of David and Goliath. So what did David do? I encourage everybody homework for this week. Read uh, first Samuel chapter 17. David wasn't moved. David was doing God's call. His dad just happened to call him in. to Hey, go get some food. Go take this to your brothers. And matter of fact, tell me how they're doing. And, you know, and then David went and did what he was supposed to do. And then here's this big Goliath out there strutting. The Bible says he was strutting. He's a champion warrior. He's saying he's, he's dressed out in all this armor saying, look at me. I can take all of you out. Y'all just y'all go pick one person. Just go pick one person. See if he can take me out. You know, and then here comes David just doing his thing that God's calling him to do. And then he got exposure to seeing that this big giant and, you know, the armies of Israel saw him the whole time and was intimidated by him. They said he ran for fear. And David's looking at this guy like, and they're looking at the, probably looking at the, the uh, armies like, y'all afraid of this? This guy's over here talking about the armies of God. He, he's coming against God, my God. That's how we should be when the enemy comes and tries to bully him. Wait a minute, uh-uh, you're coming against my God. That's right. No, that's my God. And then what did David do? You know, he went back and he said he went back to the king. He said, hey, king, don't worry about it. I got this Philistine. What did the king do? Huh? That's ridiculous. <laughs> trying, to, trying to belittle him. You can't do that. You know, like I said, if, if like Kaylee gave an example of her, you know, comparing and stuff. You know what? I'm grateful. I'm privileged to have Kaylee Allen here in our, leading our praise and worship today. Amen? It's a privilege. There's going to be one day we'll be like, man, look what God did. Amen? And seeing the enemy. But anyway, long story short here. <laughs> what did David do? He didn't get moved by comparing. He saw the same thing the armies did. He didn't get moved. He remembered what God did when God helped him uh, when he had to battle with the lions, with the bear. He remembered the things God did for him. And not only that, he says, I'm coming at you with the Lord, and I'm going to take you down. He didn't say, I'm going to come at you with my own strength. He said, I'm coming at you with the Lord. And what the Lord has, he's going to take you down. Not only that, I'm going to cut your head off. Amen? So that's how we need to be as a church. Amen?
2: Amen. Let the head of that giant off. Amen. I was telling somebody just a while ago, resist the devil and he will flee. He ain't got nothing for Jesus. Call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. Resist the devil, he will flee. Don't let him have any place in your life. Don't let him talk to you like that. Well, since we're in the testimony phase right here, I have somebody who's been uh, picking me on the shoulder for a couple of weeks now saying, I got something I want to share. I got something I got to share. Pastor, it's just too good for me to hold in. And, and so I listened to her and I, I said, tell me what you would share. And she told me and I said, girl, you got to share that. So I asked Miss Mary Ellen Barnes to come up here and share how Sidewalk Stories Ministry has changed her entire life.
3: Hey, everybody! I'm not going to get nervous or anything. Um, I just I, I spoke to Pastor Guy and I spoke to Kathy. Um, this ministry has been important to me since it started. And last year, I really wanted to collect books, so I did. I got out there on Next Door and I collected all these books. But this, I'm sorry, am I not loud enough? Uh, this year, God put something completely different on my heart. He told me to go garage selling. I'm not pastor guy. I'm not a garage seller. <laughs> but he told me, this is what you need to do. And I love reading the children. I thought, oh, no, this is not for me. I loved getting the books, but I loved reading to the children. But I had so many Jesus moments, y'all, so many people's lives that not just touched my life but i was able to touch theirs and that was nothing but god i can i will just share a few things that have happened that people would hug me i've had people call me back i couldn't find their address and they said i want you to have these books you need to come back i've had people behind me in line grab from the pile of books that I had that I was purchasing and say, let me bless this ministry. I've had people that wanted to start a ministry in Hattiesburg. And God opened a door for me saying, this is the plan I have and purpose I have for you. I'm not the type of person that, I'll tell you I'm a Christian in a minute, but I'm not the kind of person that will just walk up to you and say, tell you about the Lord. But I was talking to these people about the Lord. I wasn't just looking for books. I was looking at them and speaking into their lives. And in a lot of ways, there was people, one elderly lady, none of the books that she gave us were appropriate. They were probably older than me. But she needed. She needed that companionship. She needed someone to reach out to her in love, unconditional love. And when I left, she hugged my neck. There was a little girl first store, first garage sale I went to, and this was early. This was in April. It was in the spring. And she heard me talking to her dad and she said, we have some children's books. And she got real excited, just real excited. She's like, come with me. I'm going to put them in a box for you. This is a nine-year-old little girl wanting to sew into the lives of other children. And you see that and you can't say, hey, this is God. I have gone to garage sales where I got myself lost. I do have a God positioning system. I do not have a global positioning system. But the Lord would tell me, you know, don't turn around. And say, I'm, I'm done. I, I can't find this place. I'm never. But he kept telling me, keep going, keep going. So, okay. And, and honestly, those were the places I was blessed the most. I would come home with trunks of books, get phone calls. How come you didn't come back to my garage still? I really want you to have these books. Blessings of, of monetary blessings that I wouldn't begging for cash. I was just letting them know. Even at my job, and my job is a lot of negativity, but even in my job, it touched people's hearts so much. I had one guy, and he said, what, Tell me about it. And he turned around, he looked at me, he said, I've got chill bumps coming up my arms. that is so beautiful, how y'all want to reach out to these children. And reading to the kids, oh, my goodness, that's a whole other testimony. Miss Kathy said she'd never see me smile like that. But I'm going through a season in my life, y'all, and it's not a good season. But through this ministry and through what God has brought me through in this ministry, it has changed me. So I can walk around with that joy despite, no matter what's going on. And if y'all to have seen me, times I collected a lot of books, and I never had a dime in my pocket. And I'd just be driving down the road going, Hallelujah, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. People probably thought I was nuts, but that's okay. If you're nuts for Jesus, that's all right, isn't it? That's right. So I want this ministry to continue so much. I think it's... it's detrimental part of this church and a detrimental part of us reaching out to DeSoto, like pastor said and i think he hit me with this one thing and i'll kind of cut it just because he's going to get me um that he preached several wednesdays ago and the the basis that i got out of it and i was back there um was that love is an action word and it truly is and we don't realize in our day-to-day lives, you kind of take it for granted. But when you start really looking at how you touch people's hearts and how you touch either other people, even through trying to find books for a ministry, which doesn't sound that exciting. I had somebody say, hey, you're just the grunt. I said, I don't see it that way. I see it as a blessing. I see it as something I'm meant to do. And I'm not going to stop doing it. So I encourage all get involved, and even if it's right behind, right behind you, and you see somebody that's got a frown on their face, and they need a blessing, bless them. Speak into their lives, and speak, and they, it, God will speak back into your lives because it has changed me. I'm not gonna cry. <laughs> I think the most just one. But the first time I went out and read And Kathy can tell you I did not go out last year and raid, But this year I did There was a little girl And she sat alongside me on my mat And she wrapped her arms around my arm And put her head on my shoulder And in that moment If I didn't feel Jesus I felt him stronger than I've ever felt in my life Because that's a child of God And she wanted to hold Unto me, so I could minister to him. And I went yesterday, one, just one last time, said no more garage sales. We're pretty much done for the year. I received one book, y'all. And God told me, this book's for me. I have a Bible, but this is one you're in the Bible. And to my heart, he told me, I want you to get further into my word. And I'll expand this joy, and I'll expand this ministry. This is my last book for this year. (laughs) Thank you, everyone.
2: That was beautiful. That's beautiful. And there's a beautiful change in you, Mary Ellen. She has gone through some difficult times that would have really crumble somebody and she has been floating on cloud nine and and basically what she's saying is is it it don't matter what it looks like to somebody else if God t- tells you to take a step if it just looks little Kaylee if it looks like you're just singing to a little church you're stepping out and doing what God called you to do and in in the moving God gets to doing the steering in the moving. You get hooked up with the vine, and the juices begin to flow through you, and joy comes into your life, and you get to experience the giving that Jesus said is more blessed to give than receive, and it has radically changed her life. Just collecting books, and and just stepping out, and saying, "I'm going to do what God told me to do." Go to a garage sale. She began to, and I experienced the same thing because I went to some garage sales, and I've already told y'all about them. So that that people were saved and stuff at garage sales. You just go where God tells you to go, and you're you're you go in the power of God. And this ministry, I thought when I first heard it, Miss Kathy said, "You know, we're going to read books to children." I said, "Well, I, I think we're going to knock on doors and tell them the gospel." You know, this has created every opportunity in the world to speak into the lives of these children and their parents. And it's just a, a, an opportunity to 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 get moving. And it's, it's such a beautiful ministry because everybody, you think, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do ministry. I, I'm scared to speak into anybody's lives. Uh, but you can read a book. If you can't do that, you can pull a wagon. And I'm telling you, if, if you've been afraid to step into the things of God, but you want just to start, you've got to start somewhere. Pull a wagon. And this Monday is the last Monday for the year Then the kids go back to school. So if you want to join us at Sidewalk Stories, this Monday at 6.30 we'll be over at South Park Apartments. We've got rained out for like three weeks in a row, but we're looking for a grand finale this week and hoping the kids will be out, we'll be able to love on them. Yes? (laughs) <laughs> we're going did you hear that that means even if the books get wet miss Kathy they're going with or without you <laughs> hallelujah you know you really don't have to bring the books I went one time and I sat on the curb and they just flocked around me and started asking I said y'all ask me questions about God and they started asking me questions and and them little kids man they they're searching and and I was just answering their questions and letting them know Jesus loves them it is life changing i didn't have a book i don't you know reading the book is not the issue we got to see the bigger picture matthew 25:37 says Then these righteous ones will reply lord when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink Or a stranger and show you hospitality. Or naked and give you any clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Whatever you do, you give a cup of cold water to a little child. He says, man, you you will not lose your reward in heaven. We need to start seeing people. We don't need to be Christians in name only. When we are in line at Walmart, we need to see the people in line with us. And if you, if you can't muster up the courage to say, have a good day, then pray for them. Uh, we went to the jail ministry last Sunday night, and uh, four guys got saved. Amen. And I understand, uh, I wasn't there this Sunday, but Nicholas was, I understand that one of the guys that I talked about last Sunday well, that made the devil so mad that came to faith in Christ last week got filled with the Holy Ghost this
0: week.
2: <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Amen. Anybody in here uh, would like to give a testimony about what the jail ministry meant to your life if you're going to the jail ministry? Anybody in here? thought Big Joe, uh-oh, bolt your wigs down tight. He's going to blow your hair back.
4: <laughs> oh, here we go, here we go. No, I'm going to keep it short. I'm going to keep it short. I love it. <clears throat> I truly, I mean, I started out going, and, uh, you know, I sit there. And I wouldn't say nothing. And then as years went by, I quit going for a while. And then uh, I was seeking God, you know, reading my word. And God said, <clears throat> he said, you know how you used to go down to the jail and stuff and visit? He says, I want you to go back. And he said, I want you to really go back this time. Really be ready. Be ready. And, and I said, well, what do you want me to do, God? Do you want me just to sit there? You want me to say my name? I got a lot on my heart, you know. And I and I dealt with. I ain't good enough. I ain't good enough, you know. And what Kaylee talked about—the confidence and seeing other people and comparing yourself to other people—and I went on and on and on. And then finally, it's just—and it's tough to talk about because I could just sit here and cry talking about it. As much as God's done in me, and there's just—it's a—it's a huge testimony that I've seen where I started out and um, and I just you know I'd get up there and I'd say my name and I'd go from that and then I wouldn't speak and then I said God you know I felt like the devil was just trying to steal from me and God said I don't care what it is you get up there and if you don't do nothing you just say your name so I did that and then I dealt with the time issue. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not speaking long enough. So I got me a watch. And I'd get up in front of them, and I'd start preaching. Boy, the Lord would give it to me. I'd say, that's it, that's it. That's nothing but God, because I couldn't remember what I even said. I'd get nervous, man. I'd sweat like crazy. I said, guess what? I went to Walmart, and I bought me a six-pack of handkerchief, handkerchiefs. <laughs> I said, devil, you ain't going to steal what the Lord has for me. And I'd get up there and I'd speak, man. And I've seen God just do tremendous things. I mean, tremendous things. I've seen people from the jail ministry that me and Tom and Pastor Guy and, and Nick is preached to, man. I've seen them at Celebrate Recovery. I've seen them at other uh, church services, man. I've seen people here. There's men. There's men in here right now that are from the jail ministry that are here because I've just and it's because we've been obedient. We've been obedient to Christ. And I thank the Lord every time I get up. We, every one of us, we're human. We have that feeling that we ain't, quite, you know, that we're not, we're not called to it, but we are called to it. Because I feel the same thing. Like I just got up here and I got nervous, and all of a sudden I got calm because I felt it. I felt it. I thank you. I thank the Lord every day when I get up. And as much as I've been through. God has just blessed me a hundred times more. And I'm pretty sure other people in here got testimonies or other things that God's done in their life. So I thank you all for letting me share.
2: A big joke. He brought his Bible up here and everything. I tell you, that's a man after my own heart right there. Anybody else from the jail ministry? or What about youth villages? We went to youth villages yesterday. And uh, we're able to minister and uh, eight young men and eight young women all stood up and gave their heart to Jesus, little teenagers. Just sharing with them the word of God. Kaylee wants to say something about youth villages.
5: Okay, so we go, what is it, once a month? Is that what it is? And um, you go and it's, it's hard, it's tough to go in there because you, you can, I'm young, and so, like, when I first started going, I was, like, super young, and I was, like, how are they even going to, like, some of these people are older than I am, you know, like, but we're, like, near the same age, so it's different than me leading, like, adults. It's, like, kids, and I'm trying to be, like, oh, look, I'm singing, like, but when you go in there, and some of them just, you see the, like, sadness in their eyes, like, they just keep their heads on the tables, and they don't want anything to do with it, but then you go, and you keep going, and, you see these same ones over and over again, and you just see the joy that comes. I love not that I'm a gir- not because I'm a girl, but I love when we go to the girls' service because you know the guys. Like yesterday, they kind of got into you know, but they kind of just sit there and they'll clap every so often. But the girls, they like come like it's like youth camp, like a little mini. They swarm the front and they just like they're like do this song, do this song, and they just like you see just like this light go off because they just love and they worship they're they're in such a tough place as you don't even realize these kids are what they've gone through but the joy that they still have and the worship that they do then like just puts a fire in you because like we have wonderful lives like god is so great he blesses all of us like we're not thankful enough for what we have and they could be just down and like, oh, like, why are these people here? You know, we've had people like that. But then there's just those ones that just worship with everything they have in them because they know that Christ loves them despite everything. And look, we had this one, the pastor guy calls Preacher Girl. And I don't know, she might be my, she might, she might be a little younger than I am. But y'all, when we say Preacher Girl, she can preach. She always has a word. And I'm not saying something like, you know, one of those typical like, yeah, Jesus loves you, here's the mic, like, no, like, God gives her a word, despite, like, you think that, okay, well, they're just in youth villages, we need to just pour into them, and they're just these pitiful, like, they're not, some of these people probably have, they're walking better than some of us are, and they're in those places, and, like, I know, you have to be 18, so I'm just sliding in, but, like, the adults, like, if y'all want, like, talk to Guy about coming, like, even if you just sit there, if you just help put a mic up or something, like it can change your life going there. Like it changes theirs, but it changes yours just as much as it does theirs when you go, because you see the joy that you cause. And so, yeah. Anyways, some of
2: those those girls, they just. Crack me up. We'll be playing a song. And they have no rhythm, some of them. And they're they're doing dances that they're making up or something. I don't know if they... And they sing. At weird timings and stuff. But they're just so excited. That they're in this place and they're just letting it all hang out. And really, we all, I, I told them yesterday, we all ought to let it all hang out. We ought to be ourselves. God called us to be masterpieces, not to be like someone else. What, uh, I asked Michelle Edens if she would share about the nursing home because she comes so often to the nursing home and and it really seems to impact her life. Michelle, would you share a little bit about the nursing home ministry and what it's meant to you?
0: I'm not good at talking to people.
2: (laughs) Yes, you are.
0: Not like this. But I do. I try to go to the nursing home every time we go, and we go once a month. And if you want to talk about something else that's fulfilling, most of these people that are there, they either don't have any family, um, they don't do anything but sit in their rooms, there's not really any joy in their life at all. And you can tell when they come in, they're just like, you know, all miserable. And by the time we all leave... When the praise and worship group group finishes and pastor goes around and talks to them, we all, who is ever there, we greet them when they come in. We spend time with them. We ask them to come back. It's just, it's not only fulfilling for me, because I'm not far from that age myself. And I think about what's going to happen to me when I get that age. I would want somebody to come in and spend time with me. And give me the word of God, especially if I didn't have the word of God. And a lot of these people, I don't really think they know who, I won't say they don't know who God is, but they haven't really fulfilled their lives with God. So they look to all of us and the smiles, the, oh, I'm glad you're here. Are you guys coming back? When are you coming back? Are they going to come back, too? I mean, the questions, it's just, it makes them so happy and so joyful that if you you have the time on the Sunday that we go, please take the hour and come. It's just one hour, and all you have to do is just talk to people. Just be there for them, because they don't have anybody except God. God's always with them, of course. But, like I said, for me, it's the most fulfilling thing to do. And I work with the kids in the back when I can, and I work the Connect desk. But going to the nursing home is just, it, it just lights up my life to go in there. And sometimes there's not but four or five people, and other times there might be 15 or 20. But the Praise and Worship group is always there. Kaylee's there. She goes around and talks to everybody, and it's just very rewarding. So you all, please, if you have the time on that Sunday afternoon, make the hour and come out, because it's well worth it.
2: Thank you. What is that, the third Sunday of every month, yes. Uh, you sounded like an infomercial just for the record. I'm not telling them to come up here and promote these things, but but yes, we do. They just they just at the nursing home, my message the Lord gives me tends to be that God's not through with you yet. You know? Maybe you're confined to that wheelchair, um, but you still got a smile. You know, and you still can. You can talk to the, the caregivers. You can, you can always make a difference. And if you're still here on on this earth, God still has a plan for your life. And there's no retirement plan on on earth in God's kingdom. So we just keep moving forward and know. And that's that gives us importance. That gives us hope that we can make a difference. Everybody needs to know that you can still make a difference. Um, I was thinking about maybe getting somebody. I don't have anybody in mind, but anybody from the Warriors Ministry like to share a little bit about how Passion Church has impacted your life, how you feel at Passion Church? Is it uh, any any Warriors like to share? Uh oh. What's your name? What is it? Drew. Drew. Here you go.
6: Uh, Man, there's a lot of folks out here, man. (laughs) Uh I will say this. Um I ain't been out very long. Um Warrior Center is uh I'm gonna say also about this prison ministry, about the jailhouse ministry. Y'all keep doing that. It makes a huge difference to guys like me. If it wasn't for uh y'all, uh I wouldn't have went where I went. Uh Pastor Chad at the warrior center wasn't for guys like y'all I wouldn't be where I'm at right now this place this ministry I've been here two weeks (laughs) you know uh, I feel at home here Um, y'all don't look down on us y'all don't judge us for who we are uh, where we come from y'all Y'all see the good in us when it's hard for us to see it in ourselves. (laughs) Uh, We uh, we lost our way. We lost hope. We fell flat on our face. But Through places like the Warrior Center, through the jailhouse ministry, through people going to the nursing homes and people going to these camps and learning how to 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 deal with people, to interact with people, to uh, lead people to Jesus. Man, this this is a big deal. It. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Amen. Through y'all, man, whether you realize it or not, y'all make a huge difference. Just keep doing what y'all are doing, man. Please, 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 I'm begging you. Keep doing what you're doing. Because guys like us need y'all. Guys like us need y'all.
2: Lord, I I lift up Drew to you right now. I pray that you would fill him with purpose, Lord, and that he would see the big picture. He would see beyond his failures in his past, Lord, and into the to the hope that you have for his life, and that you would give him something special. We know that you have something special for Drew. Help him believe it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. I think I'm gonna cry. Who just wants to cry with me? Anybody want to share about our Tuesday night prayer? <laughs> you got something on Tuesday night prayer? You got some? He, he's got Warrior Center related. You stay up here. Come here. You next. Brenda. No, I'm always... <laughs> <laughs> <I mean Donna. laughs>
1: well, just going back to the Warriors Center... And some of y'all may not know, and this is more for those that have been grounded in the church here, this is kind of for you. I just want to challenge you. Are you feel If you're feeling stagnant or if you feel that, you know, you just, you know, kind of just stuck in a rut, I just challenge you just to pray about being a mentor, being, you know, God putting you in a place to be able to use you in those gifts that God's put in you for a long time. It's time to get them out and work them. Um... And there's there's a program at the Warrior Center called the Mentor Program. I didn't know it was there. I knew David way back when this ministry started twenty something years ago, and for whatever reason, I just didn't know. And how I came and found about found out about it. A gentleman named Alex came up to me. I, Alex came up to me and and uh, just said, "Hey, I want you to be a mentor." And there's this Mentor Program at the Warrior Center. And you know, when he brought it to me, I was first. I was like, "Okay, but why why me?" Of course, he, you know, he said, well, I prayed about it, and I was supposed to, you're supposed to do it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, praise God. I can't argue with that one. But here's, and again, that was at a time where, you know, God was already showing me a transitioning from me growing and now being into a mentor. And, of course, I was like, wait a minute. I'm, I'm used to being a mentor too. Now you want me to mentor? And, you know, it's that transition. And here he came in and uh, did that. And I just want to tell you that it, it actually blessed me by taking that step out. And help me get stronger and grow and being a part of that. But, again, and that was an awesome testimony he went up to share. Guys, you, God has a, something for each and everybody here. He's got something for you. And, again, if you're feeling stagnant, if you're feeling and you've been in the – God has you here for a reason. And, yes, yeah, sometimes that confidence may be, you know, lacking a little bit. But, man, just step out and that confidence to get stronger and you never know what life you're going to change because God, and I tell the youth all the time, there's somebody that you're going to reach that that I'm not going to be able to reach. Amen? So I want to encourage you.
2: Thank you. Miss Donna? Oh, you know my
7: name.
2: You wanted to say something about prayer?
7: So Nicholas and I started coming here, I don't even know how many years, two, three years, three years now. We started coming on Tuesday night. For Tuesday night prayer And what they do is they just pull these chairs And they make a little circle And the circle gets bigger and smaller Depending on who comes But everybody's welcome to come And like Joe said about just going to the jail And just like not saying anything Just sitting there for a little while And then he had to just get up and say his name Or whatever Like if you come to prayer Don't feel pressured to have to pray Out loud I know a lot of people don't like to pray out loud, they feel intimidated, and so what happens as you grow in the Lord, as you pour yourself into the Word of God, as you pour into God, He pours into you, and as that exchange is happening, He will show you how to pray. You know what prayer is: talking to God, talking to God. You know He says His uh, He sticks to us closer. Then a brother. Now my brother was pretty close to me because you gotta be close to me, hit him upside the head. So, you know, God'll hit you upside the head too. He'll say, I told you to do such and such. But it's in love. And like I was talking about to Samuel, when you hit somebody, you know, you can hit him in love. And he knows. But uh, <laughs> But you know, and I look at all these people, I don't know all of you guys. I've been gone for a year, I've been in Clarksdale for a year, and now I'm back. And praise God, there's a whole lot of new people here. And so God is working in this church. And it doesn't happen by coming here and sitting and being a spectator. It comes by getting involved, by praying, by getting on your face before God and humbling yourself before God and praying. When you pray, don't talk, 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 talk the whole time. Shut your mouth and listen because he's talking to you and he wants you to hear him just as much as you want him to hear you. He wants you to listen. So come to prayer, learn how to pray. If you don't know how already, and there's going to be praying and understanding there's maybe praying in tongues, private prayer languages. There might be a word that needs an interpretation. And if you don't know what all that means, come and talk to God. Pastor Guy, Pastor Nicholas, Tom, you know, and there's so many. Chad, there's so many people here. Richard, everybody, you know, come and talk to somebody and find out. If you can't find it in the answer, in the Word of God, let somebody point you to it. Because everybody who has spoken this morning, one thing in common, we are all called to point somebody else to Jesus. And that's our job.
2: Amen. Summed <laughs> it up right there. <laughs> well, we could keep going, but. Remember, yeah. No. Come on up here. Right? Brother Nicholas wants to say something. He's on fire today, by the way. <laughs>
8: All right. So most of you in here are above the age of 18. So when you hear this youth camp, you're like, man, that's great. These teenagers went to this youth camp. They got on fire for God, but that's not for me. I'm not a teenager. Most of you in here, you weren't called to preach to the inmates in the DeSoto County Jail. You're like, man, that's great. I'm glad Big Joe is on fire. Like, that's amazing. But God didn't call me to do that. Well, I want you to know that there's been a common thing of every single person that's taken this microphone this morning and testified. These teenagers set aside five days of their time to focus on God, to not look at their cell phone during church service, and to spend time with other Christians. These people that go to the nursing home set aside several hours every month, and they go with other church members in relationship. Sidewalk stories, they set aside time every week some of them above and beyond doing more than just going there and ministering. And they're going together. They're bringing friends. They're bringing family members. People come to Tuesday night prayer. They set aside that hour every week to pray, not by themselves, but with their church members. So the common thing, you don't have to be a teenager. You don't have to preach in the jail. But you have to set aside time to seek God and not by yourself, but in relationship with others. You see, Okay, I'm glad that you set aside five minutes every morning to pray and read your Bible. That's an amazing first step. But why do you really think that that five minutes is going to get you the same level of intimacy with God that these teenagers got spending five days straight with Him? You have to seek more. You have to devote your time to God, and you have to do it with other people. And then every testimony that's been given today, you will have a similar testimony, is going to be your own. You don't have to serve in all of these different ministries. But God has one for you and He wants your time and He wants you to do it with your church family.
2: Well, that's good. That's good. What is it? I wrote down uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty-six. How is it then, brethren... Whenever you come together, each of you, say each of you. Each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. Edification means building up. And it was today proven that those who will take that time to seek the Lord, to step out into the little things, like going to a garage sale, whatever step you take for the Lord... You begin to realize you have a psalm. You have a hymn. You have a part in this body of Christ. In my Father's house, there is a place for me. And God is saying, step out. I can't steer a parked car. Make that decision to give of yourself in some way. Ask God. Seek God. Say, where where can I get plugged in? And then we're going to come together and it's going to be a a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And there's another common thread that was running through everything this morning. And that's Jesus. And His love for you. His patience with you. His guidance for you. That He is there when you seek Him. He's not running from you. He's not not hiding from you. He says, "You seek me with your whole heart; you will find me." And there's, there's, a, he's telling those of you who think I don't have anything to offer, I don't have anything to give. Those people at the church—they don't even know me. Uh, I'm so quiet. I'm so this. It's not. We're not trying to hide from you either. We want to get to know you. You can make a difference here. We're not some elites that only put the. The strongest and the best. In this is a thing where we all come and put our hand to the plow together. And we all can serve the Lord. And, and the, the warrior ministries, they have just as many gifts and talents as anybody else. And at the nursing home, those people still have gifts and talents that they can tap into. The, the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. He doesn't take them away. And He's given gifts to every person. And if you hadn't discovered yours, this is the place to do it. This is the place to come on in and and next week you'll share your testimony. Look what the Lord has done. This is how living is done. You You can join the party out there and you can go around that mountain, that same old rut that you've dug for yourself for all these years, and you ain't getting anywhere out there. But you want to find your real life? Colossians 3 says your real life is hid with God in Christ Jesus. I love the way the New Living Translation says that. Your real life. Not this fake one we've been living, thinking, you know, pursuing our own passions. But your real life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. Where you're going to find yourself in his plan for eternity. And don't you think you can't do it? Don't, don't you leave here and let the devil yank, yank, yank in your ear? Saying you, you will, that's for some people. You resist that devil. He will flee and you listen to the voice of the Lord, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. He is your life. Bow your head with me just real quickly. If you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that is the very, very first step to receive the forgiveness of your sins so that you can come on in and be part of the family. He died on the